Welcome to Awaken the Dawn with Apostle Dr. Patience O.T. Awaken the Dawn is a ministry of Shekinah Ministries through the Tribe Prayer Line, which meets every morning, 365 days per year, with the purpose of reading the entire Bible in one year. Please listen to this excerpt and be blessed. Water. 
And God touched me. God healed me. I don't know what else you need to hear to know that God answers prayers. I don't know what else you need to hear to know that there's a God in heaven. I don't know what else you need to hear that will tell you that even if you fall 20 times, get up and continue going. It's not your end. Your story will definitely end in praise. Somebody open up the line. Somebody say something. My, my story will end in praise. Let's hear that. I take you to Psalm 74, verse 21. Do not let your prayers retreat in this grace. May the poor and the needy praise your name. We're still on the same line. I don't know what you think you need in life. I don't know what is making you to feel depressed. I'm not even talking of the oppressed. Because some of us, nobody is oppressing us. We are just depressed. There are two different worlds. I was trying to be a counselor by profession. I have a PhD in guidance and counseling. And there's something I tell anybody I'm counseling. There's something called bent-up feelings. There's something you are putting in yourself. You keep suppressing it. You keep suppressing it. And as much as, as long as you are suppressing it, you realize that it will make you to become depressed. Oppression is when somebody else is oppressing you. But depression, I don't, I don't want to say you are causing it for yourself, but there are things in the inside of you that you have allowed to depress you. If you've ever been in my counseling class, there's something I do a lot. I give a lot of assignments. I say, go and write this, go and write this, go and write this. And some of you think that woman is crazy. As if I don't know that, why am I writing it? You don't realize that when you're bringing it out of yourself and pouring it on paper, it's coming out. It's coming out from the inside of you. You are putting it on paper. I had a friend, got married, the very young man that just graduated from the University of Ibadan. This young man got a beautiful job. They gave him a car. I think they called that car that soon or something, yeah. And they were traveling. They came from either Lagos or Ibadan, somewhere. They came to Abba. And they were traveling to a world. And this big vehicle hit them and cut their vehicle into two. That man died on the spot. The wife was a little injured and taken to the hospital. They didn't tell her her husband was dead. And when finally they brought the husband out, she was told. She didn't cry. She didn't talk. Everybody will come. Anything you say, she'll just nod her head. It wasn't quite two weeks. We noticed some abnormal behaviors. It wasn't quite two weeks. She was bundled to the psychiatric hospital. I'm not saying you don't pull your mouth and start talking. It's not what I'm saying. But when God, when things happen, if you need to mourn, mourn. If you need to cry, cry. If you need to shout, shout. If you need to yell, yell. Get it out. That's why I tell you have a prayer partner. That's why I tell you have a confidence. There are people you speak to and what you tell them remains there. Don't talk to people who are just looking for ways to gossip. Ah, I think we really need to speak, uh, pray for Sister, uh, 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 Sister Janet. We really need to, really need to. Uh, what is going on? Ooh, you don't even know. This man keeps punching her. She has become a punching bag. And actually you have no burden. Actually you are not praying that God will deliver her. What you are looking for is who to share with. What the sister told you she's going through. I plead with you, find people you can confide in. 
There's nothing wrong in sharing with somebody. When you, when you put it out, you feel better. One sister called me one day, spent 30 minutes, and when she finished, she said, I feel better now I've hit it on you. <laughs> we laughed, but that was a statement of fact. She actually transferred it. She just tried her best to hit it on me. And I told her, I wish you really feel better. And you've actually hit it on me. I'm taking it seriously. I'll begin to pray for your body as well as you're praying for it. And a body shared. You know, you've already split it into two. I hope somebody's learning something this morning. So whether you're oppressed, whether you are poor, whether you are needy, the prayer of David is that God will not allow you to go that way. Do not let your prayers retreat in disgrace. May the poor and needy praise your name. May your story end in praise. I take you to Philippians. I just want to touch verse 13. Verse 13 is one of our favorite scriptures. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I praise on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Anybody willing to read it from King James Version for me? Get me King James Version. Read me Philippians. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. I read it gradually. Philippians 3, 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. What up, dear? Read it gradually for us. Yeah. You just start and you stop. You say, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. That is to say, you are not looking at a sister that has arrived. We don't arrive until we get to heaven. You don't look at yourself and you look at your accumulation. You look at everything and you tell yourself, I've made it. No. Spiritually, you don't look at your spiritual children. Maybe God has blessed you with tons and tons of people who came to Christ for, because of you. And you look at them and say, I've made it, Lord. No. We've not arrived. If anything, you are looking at a sister that has survived, not a sister that has arrived. Continue. But this one thing I do. One thing I do. When somebody says he does one thing. What he's talking about is that he's focused. There are a hundred things com- competing for my time. There are a hundred things competing for myself. But I said there's one thing I do. Quit me. I'm focused. I know what I'm pursuing. I know what I'm doing. There's one thing I do. Go on. Forgetting those things which are behind. Woo! How can I forget? I just did 30 days fast. I think I need to relax on that one for another two years. 30 days fast. Woo! But Paul is saying, forget the things that are behind. That's God. Done and dusted. It's God. It's behind. We forget those ones that are behind. Oh, I felt so much. I felt so much. I was just sharing with somebody yesterday that there's a reason why the windscreen windshield is so large 
and the rearview mirror is so small. Nobody drives forward looking at the rearview mirror. You can glance at it, see what is behind you, but you look in the windscreen and keep going. Don't look back. Don't relax on the things that are gone. Do you know the person writing this? Paul, if Paul were to write his resume for you, you will, you will fall out of your chair. He had things he had achieved that he could rely on. But still he said, forgetting those things behind. And what do I tell the tribe? Forget your successes. Forget your failures. Let's push on. Continue. And reaching forth. When you are reaching forth, it means there's something you are striving for. There's something you are looking for. Let me tell you what you should be reaching forth to. You should be reaching forth to being the best version of yourself. You've not reached it. Do you know how many cells you have in your brain? Do you know how many you are using today? Reach forth. Reach forth to being the best. That's what we call stretch. Go on. Onto those things which are before. Thank you. You are looking for the things that are ahead of you. You are pressing in for the things that are before you. The ones that are behind you, you've already achieved them. You have laurels. You have things to look back to. So if I come every morning, let me tell you, from the year 2001, 2001, yes, to the year 2014, I did Nigerian missions. I mean big missions. So if I just come every morning and tell you the story, maybe today I'll tell you about 2001, the next day 2002, the next day 2003. What, what, what's that about? I think the right thing is, Let's learn from all those ones and plan a bigger one that will go forward. Let's look for something in front. Let's forget those ones behind. Go on, my sister. I press towards the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Okay, so that's what did it for me. When somebody said I'm pressing in, that you are not just trying it out. You know, I don't like when people answer me, I'll try. If I ask you, please come to church on Sunday, tell me I'll try. I don't like it. I like when you say, I will, or I will not. God created you with a will. God did not create you with a try. If I'm wedding you and I ask you, will you take this woman as your, as your wedded wife, and you tell me I'll try, I'll stop the wedding, because already you don't want to do it. And when you, somebody tells you I'm pressing in, it means I'm giving it my all. That I'm giving it my all. If you are driving and you start pressing, woo, you see where you get to. I remember one of our members in New Jersey Tabernacle when we started. He was a police officer. And um, he was relocating to Florida. And he invited me and my husband. So he was driving in front, we were following him behind, and this man will, he will get to, I don't know how many miles and stuff for us. And then he stopped, he came out, he came over to my husband's side of the uh, car. I thought there was something he was going to tell him. He said, Robbie, let's see, let's see, let's see. Do you have something under your throttle? Is there something that any reason why you cannot press it down? I can never forget the laugh we laughed that day. So his problem, he was still driving like a cop. And listen, 
once you press it down, acceleration happens. You see where it's taking you to. I'm just talking about driving, which all of you do every day. And I really want to ask you this morning. Press in. Whatever is keeping you outside, begin to do what? Press in. You know that something God has for you. You know that heaven is waiting for you. Press in towards that goal, towards that prize, towards heaven, that what God has planned for you will be your portion. Praise the Lord. Let's go to the Old Testament. We read Isaiah 66, and I promise I'll just touch three things there and I will pray. Isaiah 66, I want to go to verse 7, verses 7, 8, 9, three verses. Isaiah 66, 7, 8, and 9. Before she goes into labor, she gives birth. <laughs> Before the pain comes upon her, she delivers a son. Who has ever heard of such a thing? Who has ever seen such a thing? Can a country be born in a day? Or a nation be brought forth in a moment? Yet no sooner is Zion in labor than she gives birth to her children. Do I bring to the moment of birth and not give delivery, says the Lord? Do I close the womb when I bring to delivery, says your God? This is a tribe that is full of women. And when the Bible is talking to us through childbirth, you understand exactly what it's saying about There's a reason why they call the process that you go through before the child comes labor. Somebody describes labor. Said like it's like you are breaking all the bones in somebody's body at the same time. That is a pain that you don't know how to describe. It's a pain that you don't understand. You know, when I, I was pregnant with my first baby in Nigeria, there was this book I was reading, and this book said everything about childbirth. I can't even remember the name of the book. I read it upside down. I read it backside up. I was I was ready. And when I felt it was time, I told my husband, he carried me to the hospital. When the nurses came, I still had my book in hand. They asked me what was going on. I said, I remember what the, what the first thing the nurse told me. She said, when you are in labor, you will not be reading that book. And she walked past me. <laughs> I was like, how could somebody be this weekend? I know what I'm going through. And you are telling me that when something starts happening to me, I won't have that book in my hand. But lo and behold, when the real level came, I didn't know where my book was. And what the Bible is telling you, as painful as labor could be, as intense as it could be, when Zion tried veils, the next thing that happened was that it saw itself. Can we, can we, can we dissect this a little? And to put it the other way, it means without the labor pains, the child would not have come. To put it in another way, if you are not willing to try well and go through it, you will not see the sun. And when you think of trivelling, I think of what? Prayer. I think of what? Fasting. It's not all that sweet. When you are seeing the bucket of ice cream, you could just relax on your couch and consume, and you tell them it's 6 p.m., I'm not eating again. It's not, that, it's not that easy. But what are we talking about? The 
that when you travel, when you go through the labor pain, you bring forth a child. And there are about three different things I can preach from these scriptures. I can preach acceleration. What is acceleration? Acceleration is when God is increases your speed. And somebody said that the rate of your speed at times has to do with what is pursuing you. If a rat comes into my study now, I will just jump up. But let it be a lion that comes in here. I will break a window. Depending on what is pursuing you, it could determine the rate of your acceleration. And as you study the Bible and as you see things, last night we had something that there's no work in the place you are going. That anything you find your hand doing, do it to your best knowledge. That could be something that will start pursuing you. And you start telling yourself, I won't be here forever. Why don't I do the best I can now that I'm here? One of these days they'll look for me and not find me. Why don't I leave a legacy? Why, not, why don't I do something I'll be remembered for? Why don't I do something that I'll be remembered for? Praise the Lord. So, through these three verses or four, you can talk about acceleration. And acceleration is that God will give you speed. And that scripture says, before she goes into labor, she gives birth. Before the pain comes upon her, she delivers her son. And that is to say, before you even finish praying, your answers will come. And that scripture, this scripture we read is also asking us, can you, have you seen a nation born in a day? And we truly believe it has to do with the nation of Israel. Some of us, we visited Israel so many times, and if they tell you the day this nation was born, you will not believe it. And it was born, and it was just like a, like a desert, and they were bringing their people back, and God, in his faithfulness, has done what he said he would do. And his, if you read verse 9, you will come up with the fact that God will do it. He will do it. Everything written in that verse is telling you that he's not a wicked God. He's not a wicked God. How will I bring a woman to childbirth and I close the womb? I'm not a wicked God. How will I make promises to you and I will refer to deliver? I'm not a wicked God. How will you continue going through this near success syndrome? You get to it, you are so excited, it's about to happen, and it will dispel before your sight. I'm not a wicked God. Something is going to shift. Something is going to change. I'm not a wicked God. Do I bring to the moment of birth and not give delivery, says the Lord? Do I close the, up the womb when I bring to delivery, says the Lord? Not your God. Your God is not a wicked God. And whatever he's promised you to do, he will bring it to pass. Let's look at one more scripture. Let's look at verse 13. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. And you will be comforted over Israel. Remember that we're reading the book of Isaiah. And I told you the Isaiah is a miniature Bible. And Isaiah has 66 chapters just like you have 66 books in the Bible. I told you that the first 39 chapters sounds like the Old Testament. 
and the remaining 20, 20 what, 66, 39, somebody help me, and the remaining chapters of Isaiah, the 27 remaining chapters of Isaiah should be the same number of books in the New Testament. And it sounds like God of heaven has given us a miniature Bible in Isaiah. But I just wanted to point out that when you start reading Isaiah, once you cross over to chapter 40, it will say, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, says the Lord. And can I announce to you this morning that he's a God of all comfort? Can I announce to you that if this is your new day, this is the dawn? Can I announce to you that God can so comfort you on every side that you forget your past pain? Can I announce to you this morning that if you can just press in and believe him, that he will comfort you? It doesn't matter what you've lost. It doesn't matter how far you've gone. It doesn't matter where you are in life. There's a God that comforts. And maybe he woke me up this morning to come and tell you that he's your comforter. And if, I, if God is your comforter, which other comforter do you need? Do you need the type of comforter that Job had? That he called you miserable comforter. God is your comfort. You lost a child, you lost a job, you lost a home, you lost, you lost your husband, you lost your marriage, you lost it. I don't care what you lost. God is telling you this morning that he's your comforter. And not just that he will comfort you. He will make your valley where you were stoned to become a place of praise. And not just that. We've read it so many times where he gave people double for all their trouble. The way Job started, he ended up with double what he had. And this is not what you call estimate. This is like you read the first chapter of Job, you read the last chapter of Job, and you see that everything he had, if he had 500 um, oxes, he will have how many now? 1,000. And you think that God cannot do it for you? You lost your joy. He's about to give you double your joy. What you lost, he'll give you double for all your trouble. That's the God we serve. And the tribe will stand before God this morning and make a declaration that our story will end in praise. That no matter what is coming on against us, even if we fall seven times, We'll get up, dust ourselves, and continue going. I'm not a failure. Wherever I failed in life is an event that happened. It's not patient authority. God did not create a failure. He did not. He did not create a failure. To God be the glory in Jesus' name. We're going to pray, quickly pray. I want one person on this line. If God blessed you this morning through, through his word, Open your mouth. Thank God on our behalf. Just pray for this tribe as you are led. Remember today in prayer, this is the beginning of a weekend, that the Spirit of God will direct us, that the angels will be on our path. Just pray the blessings of God. Pray and open, open heaven and thank God for the word we had. So thank you so much for a wonderful Friday. I wish you God's best. May the Lord bless you. 
We've come to the end of today's episode. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about Apostle Oti and this ministry, please visit www.drpatienceot.com. Again, that's www.drpatienceot.com. Do you have a desire to read the entire Bible but have never been able to do so? If so, please join the Tribe Prayer Line every day from 4.30 a.m. to 5.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to read and listen as portions of the Bible are read and expounded upon daily. Call 515-604-9731, access code 582-077. Again, that's 515-604-9731, access code 582-077.